I'm not sure if I should feel complimented or maligned, I said with a laugh. But I know what you're saying. I'll be over in a few minutes. The patient's name is Jason Hilliard. He's in room 312. Thanks, Rob. I owe you. Again, I finished for her as I hung up the phone. I stood and shrugged into my red linen blazer. If I had to play the role of administrative heavy, then I needed to look the part. I rolled my chair aside and had taken two steps toward the door when Connie appeared. A petite blonde who wears her hair in a ponytail, Connie is usually full of spunk. She wasn't spunky now. Her eyes were wide with fear. Connie? I reached for her. What could have scared her so? She shook her head and said in a hushed voice, There's someone here to see you. A shadow fell across her shoulders, blocking out the overhead light. The shadows loomed out of the dark alley, malevolent. I turned to run, terrified the man would catch me before I reached the busy street. I shook off the memory and looked up to see the tallest black man I'd ever seen off an NBA basketball court. I swallowed hard. His gaze darted around my office. Then he pushed past Connie, bumping her into me, and slumped into the chair next to my small conference table. His tattered clothes were filthy, and my stomach lurched at the powerful smell that quickly overpowered my small office. His gnarled hands clenched and unclenched in agitation. He could have been sixty, or thirty, or any age in between, it was impossible to tell. What did he want here? I grabbed Connie's shoulders and turned her toward the outer office. Pasting a smile on my face, I said, Thank you, Connie. I'll take it from here. Oh, and would you pull the yellow file for me? That was our secret code to call security. I turned back to the man seated before me, shoving down the fear from that time in New York City, a time I'd forgotten. Until now, his head swiveled from side to side, his gaze taking in the room. I shoved down my panic, then said, My name is Robin Kelly. How can I help you? I didn't want to sit down yet, and I didn't want to move any farther from the door, just in case. Miss Robin, nice to meet ya. He reached up as if to doff his hat, then seemed surprised that it wasn't there. For a moment, his gaze landed on my framed Dublin Doors poster. Then it took off again, ricocheting around the room, bouncing across the window, the jammed full bookshelves, the stacks of papers on my desk and the credenza. My breath held. One swipe of his long arm would destroy any semblance of order. "'And you are?' I prompted. "'William, ma'am. William Jones.' His manners eased my apprehension. He might have some problems, but I didn't sense any immediate danger. Still wary, I turned my chair from the desk to face the conference table and gingerly sank into it, "'reassured that I was still between him and the door. 
How can I help you, Mr. Jones? I need help, ma'am. That's what I'm here for, I said. What seems to be the problem? I need lots of help, he whispered. His hands started working the remaining button on his coat, buttoning and unbuttoning, buttoning and unbuttoning. My anxiety inched up. I pushed it down again. I was safe. Where do you live, Mr. Jones? In the park, ma'am. This was going to take patience. With the number of city, county, and state parks within a 50-mile radius, that didn't exactly narrow it down. Which one? Central, ma'am. That stopped me. Central Park? Yes, ma'am. But that's...